TII Item 225, May 18th, 2012. Verizon has no business acumen. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com to get 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Trey for sending in the music you hear in the background. Trey wrote, Hey, Rob, I made this song with GarageBand on my iPod Touch, and I wanted you to hear it. Regards, Trey. Thanks, Trey, for the music, and folks, I'll try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank John for sending in the artwork for today's show. John wrote, Hi, Rob. This logo was created using just one app called Tweak, T-W-E-A-K. Regards, John P. Well, John, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see John's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 225, or if you subscribe via iTunes as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section, and I'll try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com. Make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, competition is compressing Apple's margins. Google's Android platform and strategy is absolutely obliterating the competitive edge of Apple's smartphone and iPad at the same time. Unquote. Glenn Bradford, Seeking Alpha, 10th of July, 2011. Glenn, not quite sure what you mean by competition compressing Apple's margins. Last quarter, they were at 47%. Yeah, not seeing that compression you're talking about. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 224, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app My Network Assistant. I'll give those out shortly. So if you want more info on this app, Go back and listen to the beginning of episode 224 for the additional details. If you send in an email for IOMG prior to May 15th, you should have received back an email from me with that promo key. Sent out over 150 of those. Uh, sorry for not replying with your first name. I do those manually on the replies, and it was a little bit tough typing in everyone's first name, so I quit after the first 20 or so. Now, if you did send in the email and you haven't seen the email from me back, Check your spam folder, it might be sitting there. As always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There's never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please also include a 60 second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev. If you don't have promo codes to give away or if your app is free and you still want to get a review of your app up on the show, you can just send in the 60 second or less review of your app. Again, making sure to mention you are the dev up front and we'll work it into a future episode of the show, just not at the beginning of the show. First, a quick reminder, I'll be speaking at Blog World June 5th and 6th at the Javits Center in New York City. Well, actually, Blog World Expo is June 5th, 6th, and 7th, but I'm speaking on the 5th and 6th. Go to blogworldexpo.com for more info. And if you are going, please let me know. Hope to meet up with you at the show. More and more articles about the next iPhone and it having a larger screen. That's what's been happening in the last week or two or three. I know I talked about some of the speculation in the past. My feeling is the next iPhone is likely going to have a larger screen, but not because of a reaction to the larger screen smartphones from others simply because they need to have a larger screen because they need to have a larger battery to support the LTE and the larger battery leads to a larger enclosure for the battery and that leads to more surface area for the larger screen. The Wall Street Journal had what is a shaky at best article claiming Apple has, quote, ordered screens from its Asian suppliers that are bigger than the ones used in the iPhone since the day they debuted in 2007, people familiar with the situation said, unquote. Now, they don't cite sources, 
For all we know, they are actually just regurgitating something digitimes pulled from their nether regions. Or maybe the sources in the know are just stating that the screens on the iPhone have not changed since 2007. Either way, the article, which will be sourced by many as proof of a larger iPhone, is, as I said, shaky at best. I actually reached out to the authors of the article for additional info on the article and sources, but they have not at the time of this recording responded, and that was well over 36 hours ago when I contacted them. So take that with a grain of salt. But I kind of do think it's going to be larger. Again, I think that has more to do with they just need more battery in the device to have it run as long as the current one runs once they get in that LTE chipset. The new iPad has a new description for the LTE version. It is no longer Wi-Fi plus 4G. It is now Wi-Fi plus cellular, which, well, is kind of finally accurate. Because depending on your perspective, uh, LTE is not really 4G. But really, that was not the issue as people are accepting LTE as 4G. Problem in Australia is their LTE is not compatible with the new iPads. So until Australia updates their LTE infrastructure, the new iPad is just HSPA Plus in Australia which they don't consider 4G. In other countries outside uh, North America, they, for the most part, don't have LTE or 4G network. So the new iPad is at best Wi-Fi plus 3G, or as Apple now calls it, just Wi-Fi plus cellular. Anyway, a long way to go to say Apple has changed the name to reduce the legal actions being initiated in other countries. And yes, that pretty much kills off any chance of the next iPhone being called the iPhone 4G. Lots of reports popping up about discounted pricing on the 8GB iPhone 4 from the likes of Radio Shack, Target, and Best Buy. As always, I don't recommend the iPhone 4 for anyone, just the iPhone 4S. So a savings of $50 off the regular price for the iPhone 4 is still not worth it. The iPhone 3GS is still quote-unquote free when you sign up for a two-year contract with AT&T, with the two-year contract not being free. Looks like Apple and resellers are starting to you know, purge their inventory a little bit, let's say, a little early, but um, some places are already reporting stock outages. In the past, we would say, hey, this means that there's going to be a new iPhone in June, but just don't see it happening in June. I think it's going to be out later towards the October time frame, just like when the iPhone 4S launched. But some might say, hey, this push to stock outage is kind of really early for um, trying to reduce it for an October launch. When we last talked about additional carriers in Kansas, Kentucky, and California getting the iPhone, I said that brought to 13 the number of carriers in the U.S. with the iPhone. But actually, we had a lost 13th colony, I mean carrier. Seems that carrier has been located. It is Oklahoma-based Pioneer Cellular. Looks like some of their stores had the iPhone today, May 18th, with others getting it May 29th or June 4th or June 11th or June 18th. Guess that takes a while to drive around Oklahoma. Anyway, if Pioneer is your carrier of choice, you can now or sometime before the end of June, depending on your local store, Get the iPhone for us. As always, if anyone gets the iPhone on a regional carrier, please let me know about your experience. Send that email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. You want to know about people transferring to Hover? I just transferred my fourth domain, DisneyHomeToRent.com, which belongs to a customer of mine. He rents a house in Kissimmee, Florida, and it is a wonderful place. I will continue to transfer my domains as the expiration comes up. I still have a few more. Thanks for the heads up about Hover. It's easy to use, not a bunch of ads, and with privacy included, it's a win-win. Regards, Hector. Thanks, Hector, for the feedback and for the support of Hover, our sponsor. And once again, I want to thank Hover for supporting and sponsoring this show. If you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you can get 10% off your domain name registrations and transfers, like Hector. If you want to transfer your domains, Hover makes it very easy. There is a page on their site, hover.com slash help slash domains dash transfers. 
and this link has some basic tips and a listing of domain transfer tutorials with individual tutorials for transferring from most of the other domain registers that are out there. Actually, tutorials cover 17 different registers, so good chance your current one is covered. There are four key steps you need to look at before doing a transfer, and they are on that page, plus the instructions on each registrar. Hover also said, quote, a common question we receive is what happens to my existing years of domain registration? Well, an extra year of domain registration is added to the existing term once the transfer is completed. You won't lose time that you paid for with your old provider, unquote. So Hector, no need to wait. Transfer them now and then you have all your domains in one place. Again, go to tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com to get 10% off your domain name registrations or mention TII when contacting them about transfers to get the 10% off. Thanks, Hover, for sponsoring this show. I want to send out a quick thanks to Ben for supplying the updated show-level artwork for iTunes. That is the 1400 by 1400 pixel image Apple now requests for podcasts. He created the artwork with Photoshop Touch. Thanks, Ben. Hello, Rob. This is Hanny from Cairo, Egypt. I'm responding to Laura from Nashville. Um, she's talking about her iPhone flipping through songs or moving from one song to the other. I'm not sure if this is the right answer, but there is a setup on your iPod software that allows the iPhone to sense the motion and flip to the next song. This is an option that you can click on your iPod software, on your iPhone, and if you have it clicked, any motion you can have on your phone, like pulling your phone quickly out of your pocket, for example, or out of your purse, that could cause the song to just stop in its tracks and move to the following song because you're kind of like pushing forward. I hope that that helps. Maybe that's the cause of her malfunction. Thank you. Annie, thanks for that feedback. And we have this following one from the email bag. Hi, Rob. Per Laura's question on the last episode, have her make note of the song that's playing and check her recording. I had something like that happened, and I found I had bad songs recorded. They were old and not downloaded from iTunes, hence the bad recordings. I also found several Kickstarter projects. The first was Laura's iLatch. Loved it until someone loved it more than me and stole it. Thank goodness my iPad wasn't inside. Regards, Robin. Hi, Rob. I'm Ben. From your last week's podcast, a lady called Laura. She was having issues with some of her songs not playing properly in iTunes. Like she would play her songs, they would play only halfway through and then stop playing or simply uh, switch to a different song. So I may have a solution for her and I hope it's going to help her. Providing she has a Windows platform, I can give you the details on how step by step what she can do. So here we go. She goes in iTunes, she selects the faulty song, she right-click with her mouse, and she selects the option uh, Show in Windows Explorer. And then a window will show up, and she will see the actual file location. It's important that she remember where the file location is, because she will need it later. Now, once she does that, she has to close the window itself. Now, she goes back in iTunes, she reselects the song, she right click on it again, and then now she selects delete and move to recycle bin. Now the song will be in the recycle bin deleted from iTunes. Now what she does is she goes back to the recycle bin. She selects the song, right click, and what she will do is she will select restore. Now the song goes back to its previous location. Now she goes back to iTunes. On the top left corner, she will click on File and then the option of Add File to Library and then she will select the song she deleted previously. Now the song will go back to iTunes the way it should be and iTunes should read the song the proper way it should be read. So I hope it's going to help her and uh, thank you very much Rob for your show and uh, take good care of yourself. Okay, bye. Thanks everyone that sent in feedback per Laura's question. Uh, there were a few more that came in about the shake to shuffle. That seemed to be the most common one that came in. Back into the email bit. Hey Rob, on episode 224, you were talking about an app that easily gets your UDID of your device because it's normally difficult to manually copy the UDID. 
there is, in fact, a very easy way to get it from iTunes. All you do is select a device in iTunes and select the summary screen, which displays the name, capacity, software, version, and serial number, among other things. Click the serial number to display the UDID, and then on Mac, press Command and C, or on Windows, Control and C. And this will copy the UDID to the clipboard, and you can also select Edit and Copy the UDID. Regards, Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for that tip, and thanks to the others that sent that tip in as well. Seems that is something new, or at least I think it is, because in the past, I don't believe that worked. But really glad to hear about it working now, and again, thanks to everyone that sent in that tip. Of course, nowadays, I would say over half the pre-release apps I am asked for are, are no longer using the UDID. They're using what's called test flight which does away with the whole need for the UDID. Any devs out there with any bad experiences with test flight, let me know. So far, it seems to work really well uh, for the apps I've looked at. So again, my experience has been very positive with test flight. Sometimes it takes people a couple times to get that uh, initial registration, so it allows my device in there. But uh, just curious if anyone else has any good or bad experiences with test flight. Per the emails... Hi Rob, I've been listening to your most recent podcast and have a question regarding throttling. It was mentioned by one of your listeners that he was being throttled back by AT&T. How do you know if you're being throttled back? I have a 4S with AT&T. What kind of speed should I expect when I am in the 4G areas? Regards, Bob. Hi Bob, please note the quote 4G unquote logo on the iPhone 4S is only really HSPA+. Plus and only with AT&T in some areas. Typically, 3G speeds for AT&T run in the 1.5 meg to 3 megabit per second on the download. If you are seeing the 4G logo, you should see greater than 5 megabits per second range typically, but it will vary. Per knowing when you are being throttled, not tough to tell. You go from greater than 1.5 megabits per second on the download to less than 0.1 megabits per second on the download. Hi, Rob. Thanks for the promo code for IOMG. Just a short app review. You should check out the app Phone Drive, one word. I recommend it to just about everyone who has an iPhone or iPad. It is a brilliant app and enables you to transfer any file over your iOS device in seconds through a Wi-Fi network. Although there are a number of these apps available, this one has by far the best UI I've encountered for this type of app. It even opens zip folders. I use it all the time to transfer photos, video files, and PDFs over to my iPhone or iPad, much faster and easier than using the Mail app. Thanks again for the promo key. Regards, Joseph O. Joseph, thanks for the heads up on Phone Drive. Hello, Rob. This is Steve from Houston. And while I'm sitting down in this dry creek bed listening to all the birds around me, I thought I will review one of my favorite apps. It is for birders. The universal version of the app is called iBird Explorer Pro. And there's, and there's an iPad-only version called iBird Pro HD. Both apps are currently on sale for $0.99. Cents. And basically, this, this app has information about 924 species of birds in North America and Hawaii. It also has photos, lots of photos, and over five hours of songs and bird calls. So this is a very good app. I mean, it has information about facts about the birds and uh, also how to identify them. It also has a very good search facility with 36 different search criteria like location like state and then the environment like urban forest lake bed and stuff like that and also it has even two attributes you can search on based upon the bird song the app is it's a lot of fun you don't need wi-fi so it's a big download over 500 gig 500 megabytes like i said it's handy when you're a birding you don't want to carry that big book about birds around with you you just if you get your ipad already with you then you don't need anything else and this app also has lists you can keep a favorites list or a wish list and you can have multiple lists you can switch between them and the lists also sync with icloud so if you get ibird 
Pro on your iPhone and on your iPad, you can keep all your favorites synced up to each other. Well, that's it, and I hope birders out there will enjoy this tip, and I know I do, and I've used it quite a bit. Thanks, have a great day, and enjoy your show. Bye. Back to the news. Quick follow-up to a previous story. www.iphone5.com, which used to be a forum slash fan site, not officially affiliated with Apple, which Apple lawyers then took issue with and went to the World Intellectual Property Organization, or simply known as WIPO, well, it seems, as I said, the site used to be a forum site and is now apparently in the hands of Apple. Actually, iPhone.5.com just goes to a blank page, which is probably pretty poetic, as the sixth-generation iPhone, the iPhone 2012, at this point has probably a snowball chance in hell of being called the iPhone 5. So yes, a blank white page works for me. Just saying. Lazy Harp Seal has no job. Lazy Harp Seal has no money. See his earnings, they are meager. He's lacking in business acumen. Sometimes I feel we spend way too much time beating up AT&T and forget that Verizon is out there ready to give us reasons to beat them up as well. And if you are one of those that have an unlimited data plan with Verizon, yeah, that's not going to carry over to LTE. Not if you want Verizon to pony up any of the subsidy that is on your next iPhone. So essentially, what Verizon is saying is that the next time you renew your contract and purchase a subsidized phone, you will lose the option to keep your unlimited plan. So come this fall, if you want to upgrade to the LTE iPhone on Verizon and keep your unlimited data plan, you will have to pay full price for the iPhone 2012, assuming they even allow you to do that. I recently read that AT&T customer service ratings were getting closer to Verizon's. My question now is, is that because AT&T was seeing a rise in their customer service ratings or because Verizon was dropping to get closer to the AT&T level? I find the situation frustrating. Lazy Harp Seal has no job. Lazy Harp Seal has no money. This next one is filed in the so strange you can't possibly make this crap up category. We have the story of a lawyer in Olathe, Kansas. A Mr. Well, tell you what. I'm not going to say what his name is because he's only five miles away. Let's just pick a random name. Let's call him Mr. Perv. Let's tell you what Mr. Perv supposedly did. Mr. Perv supposedly used an app on his iPhone called Camouflage, which takes pictures at a time setting. He then allegedly placed the camera under the desk of his female employees. Nice. So how did they find out? Well, one of them noticed the camera sitting on the floor. See, Mr. Perv... The app does not actually, you know, camouflage the iPhone. Just saying. The employee then opened up the phone, the iPhone, and allegedly found upskirt pictures of her and other female employees. At this point, the story is kind of just at the wow stage, but it gets better. The woman then, of course, sued the lawyer, being they work for a lawyer, not surprising. Mr. Perv, the lawyer that allegedly took the upskirt photos, well, he countersued the women. What was he countersuing them over? Well, apparently, when the women saw the photos of their lower torsos, they deleted some of the photos. So, yep, you guessed it. Mr. Perv is countersuing the women he allegedly took upskirt photos of for violating the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act by deleting data from his iPhone without authorization. Some sanity did prevail when the judge threw out Mr. Perv's countersuit as Mr. Perv failed to identify what data exactly was deleted. I actually did a little research and looked up what this lawyer looked like, just out of curiosity. Can you say Jersey Shore? Yeah, he would fit in fine there. Hey Rob, I'm a new caller and I'm calling in to ask if it's okay to update my iPhone now to the new... Um iOS operating system. Thanks a lot, Rob. Love what you do on the show. Have a great day. Sorry I didn't make that more clear in the last episode. Yes, please update to iOS 5.1.1. Unless you are a jailbreaker or unlocker, then definitely don't upgrade. Or if you have the iPad 1 and you're using iMovie, when you upgrade, it no longer lets you use iMovie. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Per your request for network speed tests, 
These are the averages for three runs of iNetwork app speed test. The area was at a hotel near the Miami airport. New iPad AT&T LTE showing LTE in the top bar. Average download speed was 14.155 megabits per second and average upload speed was 3.17 megabits per second. Also, I tested my iPhone 4S with AT&T showing 4G on the screen. The average download speed was 2.32 megabits per second and the average upload speed was 453 kilobits per second. Regards, Thomas in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Thanks, Thomas, for the feedback on the speed tests. Again, if anyone has an LTE iPad and runs some speed tests, let me know your results, where you were, and what carrier you were on. Send that to todayinios at gmail.com. Back into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Just to let you know that yesterday I updated to iOS 5.1.1 on an iPhone 4S and two iPads, third and first generations. The update broke Bluetooth audio connections to a Bose SoundLink speaker I use in the house from all three products. The iOS devices showed that the speaker was not in range despite it being very close by. I was able to fix the problem by going into iOS settings, general, reset, and then reset network settings on each device. I then forgot the devices, the Bose speaker, and set up the pairing again between the devices. This solved the problem. Regards, Chris. Hi, Chris. Thanks for the tip. Hopefully that will help someone out that's also seeing an issue with iOS 5.1.1 and a Bluetooth speaker. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Regional carrier Cellcom now has visual voicemail. Seems to work exactly as expected. I recently took a trip to the central Northwoods in Wisconsin where uh, see the attached screenshot is my old AT&T iPhone 3GS with no signal and right next to it is my Cellcom iPhone 4S with three bars. Regards, Phil. Phil, thanks for the feedback on Cellcom. And again, folks, if you are using one of the new regional carriers and you have an iOS device, iPhone, I should say, on one of the new regional carriers, please email in, call in, let us know your feedback on your experiences with those regional carriers. Into the email bag we go again. Hi Rob, I just wanted to let you know about a Kickstarter project I backed. I received an email from the developers of the iPhone juice tank charging case on May 13th that it had been fully funded and I should expect to receive my juice tank case in July. Regards, Greg in St. Louis. Greg, thanks for the feedback. And again, anyone who's sponsored any Kickstarter projects and you have some feedback on those projects, especially when they come in, please let us know, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. This next one is kind of a special one from Kickstarter, special in that it will bring you back to your childhood and maybe the first time you ever felt true frustration. I am talking about trying to draw anything with the Etcher sketch. Well, now there is a Kickstarter project that will help you relive your youth, or at least get frustrated again. The project is called Etcher, and for a $60 pledge, you can get an Etcher sketch cover for your iPad that works with the iPad to create drawings just like when you were younger. And yes, if you shake it, it does erase the drawing. I wonder when you throw it against the wall if it'll do the same thing. Now, if you were one of those really annoying people that could actually draw more than a box with a busted corner, you can check out this project by searching for Etcher, E-T-C-H-E-R, in Kickstarter. They have raised 18K so far with a goal of 75K, and they are running this until Saturday, June 9th at 1.38 p.m. Eastern Time. A quick update on the Kickstarter project Bridge, spelled B-R-Y-D-G-E, which is the case and keyboard that the iPad pops into that looks like a MacBook Air, but with a touchscreen. You know, the toaster and the refrigerator. They have over 2,600 backers with a pledge total of over 625K, which is well above their 90K goal. You have until June 4th at 11.18 a.m. Eastern Time to become a backer of this project. Another Kickstarter project for the iPhone is called Daymaker. It is a charging device that works like a toaster, I guess. You push down the iPhone in it, and when it is done charging and time for you to get up, the iPhone pops up. The price is not cheap at 125 bucks, 
And what I found most interesting about this one was the goal. At a hefty 275K, currently they are at 35K with 37 days to go. It just seems the funding goals are getting much, much higher as of late since, well, the Pebble did what they did in raising over $10 million. But even they only had a goal of 100K. I'm sure I'll mention the Daymaker again, but if you want to learn more, search for Daymaker, two words, at kickstarter.com. Hi, Rob. Not sure if this is too late for the next episode, but it is an awesome and inexpensive gadget for the iPhone. It's the Slingshot. You put your iPhone in the holder so you can take pictures and videos that aren't shaky at all. It's only $14. It funds for sure on May 20th. Regards, Margaret S. Hi, Margaret. Thanks for the email. I had a few people email about this one as well. The project did meet its funding goal, which was 20K. They have around 60K now. As you mentioned, it will close down funding on May 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And what it is is a cradle for your iPhone that helps dampen movement and vibrations, like a shock mount for a condenser mic. And some of you are going, what? Anyway, the handle breaks open into a little tripod, which is nice. So if you want to shoot lots of videos and want to stabilize that video even more, for just $14, you can try this out. Look for a slingshot, one word, in Kickstarter prior to 8 p.m. Eastern Time on May 20th. Okay, probably the last mention of the Pebble ePaper Watch for some time. I just received an email from them saying, you can now pre-order the Pebble for an early 2013 delivery at the non-Kickstarter price of $150. So if you didn't get your order in, if you procrastinated like me and missed it before they cut off the pledges, go to Pebble, or excuse me, go to getpebble.com. That's getpebble.com. And you can go order one now for $150 with delivery sometime in early 2013. Yikes. Hey, Rob. This is Steve Runner from steverunner.com and the podcast Fitipidations. I wanted to call in on a review of an app that I've been using for my running called Endamundo. And you can find out more about that at endamundo.com. It's a great app. I've looked at a lot of running apps like Daily Mile and a few others. And there's a lot of good ones out there. But the thing I like about Endamundo is that they've really thought about the social aspect of it. There's a feature First off, it's available, obviously, for your iPhone. <laughs> I'm using it as I record this. On my iPhone, by the way. And uh, it's nice because as you're running, somebody can actually go onto the website and send you what they call a pep talk. So you can type out a little message. And then if you're listening to a song or a podcast, like I was just listening to TII, uh, it will read you in... Endomundo's electronic voice, the message. Think of it as like Twitter for runners. And uh, it's a, you know, I, I get messages from all over the world. Hey, Steve, looking good. And as you're running, people can go to a website. You know, it gets broadcasted on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, they can see where you're actually running in real time. So that's pretty cool. It also works with a Bluetooth heart rate strap. So I have that around my chest right now. It's measuring my heart rate. And of course, it's GPS enabled. So obviously the map is updated in real time and I have a full record of my run, including a breakdown on pace per mile. So it's a really great app uh, for a lot of reasons, but I especially like its integration with iOS. It's called Endamundo. And you can find that at endamundo.com. It's free. free. There's a, a premium service where you can be a part of uh, like a chat room or something. I'm not really sure what that is. But, but it is free and it's in the App Store. Gotta run, Rob. <laughs> Love the show, man. Steve, thanks for the feedback on Endamundo. E-N-D-O-M-O-N-D-O. Folks, if you are a runner, check that out. And if you have a favorite app, no excuses for you not to send in a review. Steve did it while he was out running. 
So send those reviews in to 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record it in your iOS device like Steve did and email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. And of course, if you are a runner and this app is of interest to you, you also need to check out Steve's podcast, Fidibidations. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I just moved to Washington, D.C. for the summer, and I am meeting a lot of new people, doing a lot of networking, and I'm wondering if you or any of your listeners know a good business card scanning app or a good contacts app that would let you make groups of people and keep notes on how you met them and what they do. Regards, Ben. And Ben, I'm going to throw that one out to the audience. If anyone has a good app you can recommend to Ben, please send us an email or give us a call and let us know. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. What may be the future for the iPod Touch? I find it invaluable. Do you think it will be upgraded? Regards, Alexander. Well, Alexander, the number of sales of the iPod Touch seem to be dropping each quarter when compared to the year-ago quarter. So that is not a good sign for a lot or even many more major updates. That said, maybe the iPod Touch becomes the go-between device at around a 5-inch screen or something so Apple has you know position between the iPhone and the iPad. But do I think there will be updates to the iPod Touch? Yes. It is still selling, albeit at a lower rate, but there is a demand for the device. I have a few nieces and nephews that love their iPod Touches, and it is a nice gateway device for younger kids to get them ready for their own iPhone or iPad. Okay, I admit that 5-inch screen thing is kind of a wacky idea. What most likely is going to happen, and I do really do believe it will be updated again, and it will be updated this year before Christmas, is the next iPod Touch may get the same size screen as the next iPhone. So if the next iPhone does get a larger screen, Maybe the next iPod Touch uses that same screen so it gets a little bit bigger as well. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. A guy at work has a PC, iPhone, iPad, and is using Microsoft Exchange. He has multiple calendars, four of them. He asked me how to merge all his calendars so he would only have just one calendar. On the PC, it's running Outlook with Exchange. Any help would be appreciated. Regards, David. And I'm going to throw this one out to the PC world out there. So anyone out there on the Windows PC side, if you have an answer for David, please give us a call or shoot us an email. Hi, Rob. This is Tom from New York. On episode 224, I had a gentleman that was having trouble with walls. If his phone is jailbroken, I have an answer for him. The app is called Ask to Call. Every time you hit one of those uh, keys and it attempts to call, the slide bar comes up. And if you didn't want to make that call, you would say cancel. If you wanted to make that call, you slide the bar and the call would be go through. But that's only for jailbroke phones. Have a good week, Rob. Listen to you next week. Love what you do. Carry on, carry on. Tom, thanks for the feedback. And folks, that's the app Ask, the number two, call, all one word, Insidia. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I just wrote this review for the upgraded ESPN app. After paying for the previous version, they now expect you to pay for a new version. Here's my review. E dollar sign PN equals extra dollar sign pinching network. Why wait 14 days? Delete it now. Talk about unsportsmanlike conduct. Apparently, E dollar sign PN expects us to periodically repurchase their app by discontinuing support for the previous version. This would be acceptable if they just sold it as an annual subscription, but to sell an app, then discontinue it by producing a new version and expecting us to repeatedly ante up is deceptive and unacceptable. If you download this upgrade, quote unquote, it will go inactive after 14 days unless you pay $4.99. After you pay, all the shows and podcasts will be free, but you can surely expect them to continuously reach into your pocket with more upgrades, quote-unquote. Count me out. Why wait 14 days? Throw this app out of the game. I have already deleted it from my iOS devices. Goodbye, E$PN. Boo, boo. Regards, John. John? Thanks for the feedback, and I should also point out an article, if you'll find it in the show notes, titled, Instacast Pricing Raises Hackles, 
And Instacast is going through uh, some similar backlash from their users because they changed some pricing where they removed some features, they dropped the price of the app. When you upgraded to the new app at the lower price, features went away, and then you had to do an in-app purchase to get the features back. So if you upgraded, you know, it didn't cost you that 99 cents upgrade, but uh, you lose features when you did the upgrade, and then you had to pay for an in-app upgrade, more money, a couple more bucks, to get back the features you had before the upgrade. Now, let me tell you why ESPN and Instacast here aren't fully um, culpable or aren't fully in the blame. It has to do with Apple's rules on what you can and can't do. So you were talking about putting in a subscription there for ESPN and you know, it would last for 12 months. Problem is, Apple doesn't allow that. You can't do what they call, that's a rental model. They don't allow a rental model. So you can't purchase something with an in-app purchase or whatever and have it only last for 12 months and then the features go away. If you purchase something through an in-app purchase, the features you get are supposed to stay there. Now, I don't understand how maybe Instacast can get away with doing the downgraded features, but in any case, both of these guys are kind of playing by Apple's rules, which are pretty restrictive in what you can and can't do. So don't blame ESPN completely. They, I mean, they're trying to make some money and, and they're doing it inside the limited rules set, we'll call it, that Apple provides for developers. Hey, Rob, this is Jim from New Jersey. I just, uh, I just want to pass along. I, I had just contacted AT&T about unlocking my old iPhone 3GS and they went through the procedure. Apparently, they've got it down pretty pat now. And it's even noted on the website. But uh, I, I gave them the ID number from the phone, as uh, everybody discussed earlier. And within five minutes, everything was uh, fine. They, they sent me confirmation email, and there's no longer any way at all. I could uh, basically plug it into iTunes, which I'll do here in a little bit. But I know there was a 72-hour wait for a while, and some people waited longer, some people waited a little bit less, but now apparently the whole process is immediate, and I guess it's about time. But anyway, thanks a lot. Thanks for a great show, and uh, I'll be listening. Bye-bye. Jim, thanks for the feedback. When I did the unlock, it took over a week, so good to hear that it's instant now. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Do you think iOS 6 will finally give us a non-jailbroken way to lock down and secure certain apps on the iPhone? In other news... I'm very concerned about those rumors that Apple will ditch Google Maps and maybe all Google services in iOS 6. This just sounds like something that could really blow up in Apple's face. Would Apple replace Google with Bing? Regards, Brent in Chicago, Illinois. Hi, Brent. First, per iOS 6 and getting individual lock option for the apps. That is something I've been hoping for and mentioning since before iOS 3 was released. So it is still something I am hoping for, but not overly hopeful on it actually happening. Per Google Maps and Apple dumping them, Google charges money to be the map provider. So do I see Apple dumping them? Yep. That is why they acquired a mapping company in the past. It is not a question of if, just a question of when. And I tend to think that the rumors are kind of true, that come iOS 6, you're going to see Apple getting rid of the Google Maps. I don't see Apple getting rid of YouTube app or support for Gmail, but Google Maps, yeah, they are on borrowed times on the iOS devices. Per Apple replacing Google with Bing, you can already go into your iOS device and change the default search to Bing from Google, or you can change it to Yahoo from Google. Again, Google is the default. Per Apple changing who the default is, that has to do with who pays them the most money. Right now, that would be Google. But if Microsoft steps up and offers more to make Bing the default than Google is willing to pay, then Bing would be the default. Google would still be an option, just like Bing and Yahoo are an option today. One more email here. Hi, Rob. I found a Cydia tweak that is one of those tweaks I hope will find its way into iOS 6 or so. It's called Swipe Selection. 
and it makes typing so much easier. And if you are good at typing with one hand, it will be just the thing you've been looking for. It allows you to move the cursor back and forth by just a tap and hold on the keyboard, then slide left or right to make the cursor do the same. Also, if you hold down the shift key and do the same, it will highlight the text. It seems so simple that I can't even begin to think of why this hasn't been part of iOS from the start. Regards, Brian in West Virginia. Brian, thanks for the feedback. And yeah, I do believe that you're gonna see features in iOS 6 that came out of the City of Tweak world. They've done it in the past, and I think they'll do it again. So folks, if you have any other favorite City of Tweaks that you think would make good candidates for iOS 6, please let us know. Or if you have any other wish list items for iOS 6, let us know. A couple more weeks from now, and we're gonna be talking officially about what's gonna be in iOS 6. Hey Rob, this is Javier from Memo, Florida. Someone wrote in last episode about uh, wanting to know the volume of the ringer and the apps uh, because when uh, whenever they listen to uh, to music or anything like that, sometimes they get the ringer is low um, when they get a text message or a phone call. Uh, this seems to be a bug, uh, in my opinion. I, I don't know how to look at the the volume uh, on each setting, but uh, I know how to fix it. Basically, when you listen to a music app or a podcast app and you pause uh, because you know sometimes there's no way to, there's no stop button, and you pause and you go back home and you go on about your business. Uh, and you get a phone call or a text. It, it um, the volume that it you know the the volume that it sounds is is pertaining to the volume that you were listening to on the on the podcast or the or the music app. And the reason why that happens is because the the phone still thinks that you that you're listening that you want to control the volume uh, of the app itself, uh, which is not so. So um, the only way to fix it pretty much is double tap and force quit uh, the music app or the or the podcast app or whatever you're listening to, and then. You know, you can go back to uh, using your volume rocker on the side and controlling the the volume uh, for the ringer. And if anyone calls you after that, you know, it, the the ringer will be whatever you had it. Uh, you know, the ringer volume will be uh, set to whatever you had it before you were listening to the music or the podcasting app. So I hope this helps. Love the show. Hi, Rob. I'm Ben. Rob, I got a question for you. And I don't know if I am the only one with this problem, but... Anyway, story will tell. I have a 4S and I updated to 5.1.1, which overall is very good. I mean, it's very stable for me or in pretty much every area. But I've recently discovered a, a little bit of a flaw somehow. Maybe maybe it's not related to 5.1.1, but anyway, maybe worth trying to uh, ask you and the people. So here's the situation. Whenever I tap on the iTunes application... So the iTunes turns on and I type search and I search TII. TII shows up along with other podcasts. So I click on a TII and then here's the problem. The page is trying to load entirely, but it's only partially loaded. And it's like this, like for like 30 seconds, one minute, it doesn't load at all. And I cannot download any podcast. I cannot listen to any podcast. It's frozen. And it does happen to another podcast, which I'm used to listen all the time. It's the same problem with this one. But I've tried other podcasts around, like different podcasts, and they seem to work perfectly fine. Like I can listen to them, I can download them, whatever. But for some reason, the podcast TII or podcast uh, XYZ, whatever, that I'm used to, it, it doesn't load. And is there anyone who has this problem, like, other than me? So please let me know, and let's investigate on this. Thank you, Rob, for your great podcast. All right, bye. Hi, Ben. Thanks for the feedback, and I actually had emailed Ben, and he sent me a few more examples of ones that he was having problems with, and I'm trying to investigate this. But if anyone else is having this issue, please send me an email with shows that do and don't work well for you. We're trying to track this down. There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason on why some shows do work well and others don't. First, I thought it was because we upgraded the artwork to 1400 by 1400 pixels and it was just a slow load of the artwork. But then I saw some other feeds that had the old artwork that actually was 300 by 300 and they were loading slow. Uh, it's not doing with the host or the feed. I'm using a feed burner feed. I saw others that were having issues that were a Libsyn feed and then others that not having issue that were a Libsyn feed. So there was no rhyme or reason. Some feed burner feeds were working fine. Some feed burner feeds were not working fine. Some roll your own feeds were working fine. Some roll your own feeds weren't working horribly. So again, so far out of the, the 10 or so I've looked at, 
I haven't been able to really see any trend. So if we can get some more podcasts that people are having issues with, let us know. In the meantime, Ben, buy the TII app. Go to iTunes, search for TII for $2.99, get the TII app, and you won't have this issue at all. That's the best way to consume this show anyway. So search for TII app, and then you can push notifications to let you know when there's a new episode available. All right, I want to thank our sponsor again, and that's Hover. If you go to TII.Hover.com, that's TII.Hover.com, you can save 10% on your domain name registrations or transfers. Thanks, Hover, for sponsoring this show. As I just mentioned, don't forget the TII app. Just $2.99 in the App Store. As always, if you have any feedback, tips, tricks, app reviews, anything you want to share with the audience, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. That's going to go ahead and do it for us this time. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.